0: Hey Holly. Hey Dave. Hey, welcome to part two of our interview with Josie Cotton.
1: I'm so excited. Josie is such a great guest, and I'm so happy to be back with part two.
0: This is what difference does it make? The podcast. Let's get into our interview with Josie Cotton.
1: I'm jumping ahead here, but I wanted oh. to ask you about your the the release, the Ukrainian Cowboy and Cold War Spy. Yeah. How, how that came to be. I mean, what was the <laughs> the inspiration for it? Well, it was just it was uh,
2: songs I had uh, had for. Well, I never could quite f- finish them or find the title, and then, um, I just had this brainstorm uh, when I was, uh, trying to finish this song, and it just seemed, uh, like I had to change the theme of the song a little bit just to skew it a slightly towards Russia, <laughs> like in, <laughs> and, um, I don't know, and I just had this, I had this fantasy of what the video would look like, and, um, we made it happen, and it was just really fun. I, it was, uh, it was just based on my love of history and uh, kind of sad country songs and, I guess, weird polkas going on. With yes. It's <laughs> and, very campy,
1: the video. is very campy. campy.
2: And that, that's what I wanted it because it's a very sad song if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. But the, I wanted the video to be f- funny and sad. And it's my favorite combination of uh, odd, funny, sad, and, uh, you know, just, Everything contradicting itself. That was my goal. Yes. And kind of being super political without saying anything at all. You know, I, I didn't make any reference. It was just like the Russian flag and Russian soldiers and people being shot and me running in high heels through the
1: snow and stuff. Yes. And it's fun. Because yeah, you, you wouldn't necessarily get that from, the, from if you just listened to the song. It didn't, right. That isn't what it conjures up.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, but, but I, I did write it like it was a movie. I mean, that's kind of, in the Cold War Spy 2, that was, uh, I'm obs- I've been obsessed with the Stasi's and spies for a while, and I just did a whole, I just was able to research it so much that the song that really didn't have a title, it just became all about the, you know, 1960s in East Berlin and kind of spy, uh, dangerous, really, you know, mimicking our time right now in terms of ideas and um and the danger uh, i i was trying to say something uh without being political i just don't see a point but i was trying to say something in that song uh too so i'm glad you heard them it yeah. was a labor of love i'll be back. recording it i was i was so nervous that no one would like it i didn't tell anyone and i didn't even tell my band i was making a video because i was like i don't know i don't know what i'm doing but i really have to do this and so and so it was like shocking to them like what russia what (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i i don't know people you know didn't quite get it at first but then um i just had to like go through the jungle you know Without listening to anyone, that was how I was able to do it.
1: I think it came out great. It was it was a lot of fun if you can say that about a, a song with that theme. I mean, the video was it looked like you were having fun.
2: I well, I mean, how often can you say the purge of Stalin in a
0: pop song? That was, I
2: was
1: like
0: I was so never
2: refreshing. <laughs>
0: oh silliness! So you you're obviously a fan of like these schlocky B movies. You you have this album Invasion of the Bee Girl. Um, yes. What movies did you grow up listening or watching? These movies, do you have some favorites, or what? What did you? What were you like as a child, or <laughs> were you were you locked in a movie okay. theater? <laughs> did okay, you watch a lot is of movies?
2: Therapy, like this you, is like yeah okay. Use us, yeah. <laughs> I'm to, um,
0: so, just relax. I
2: was weird. I was the weird like kid, like the girl in uh, the uh, in Wednesday in the Addams Family. I was <laughs> I was very like. That girl was <laughs> just alienated uh, you know, and what and with a really dark sense of humor and I watched all these science fiction movies. I loved them that was that was my escape from the world i mean i I didn't wasn't quite introduced to to Russ Myers till thankfully later but <laughs> but, uh, but you I yeah, and I, I found great comfort in knowing there were other worlds or you know, that I could fan, at least fantasize and leave this planet and, uh, you know, flying saucers. Invasion from Mars, invaders from Mars was one of the, my first memories of just flying saucers and everyone in the town being taken over and this only, this one little boy is the only one left and his, even his parents and they all have this weird staple in their neck and they're, and, uh, the, I mean, it was just, I, I think I related to, <laughs> just feeling like an outsider, of, of, you know, and then they're taking over the town. And I don't know, that appealed to me in Godzilla. All of that was, that was my, uh, you know, wor- field of vision. And then it continued into my adulthood. I, I just happened to love the genre. And, uh, and it's now, it's like, it's, there's exploitation, <laughs> There's all yeah. kinds I've expanded. Giallo, Italian horror, and I just keep, uh, you know, upping my uh, aesthetic to include like, all, you know, exploitation movies and like, you know. Did you say nunsploitation? Yes, that's a that's an actual thing. <laughs> it was in the seventies and the sixties, and there were not, there were some insane nunsploitation movies that were just like crazy, and they were so good. I. <laughs>
1: That's good too. We'll have to check and it out. Then, this is the first I'm hearing of that. And
2: then there were women's prisons movies. I don't <laughs> know the exact, but but that was a genre in that in that world, and they're great too. You know, it's like you just can't get enough of that crazy world and um, motorcycle girls and oh, that it just appealed to me.
0: I can see why John Waters has uh, taken a shine to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why haven't you been in a John Waters movie? Have you? Has that happened?
2: No, we got to make this I, uh, happen. <laughs> I keep asking myself that. How did that not happen? Um, I don't know. He's just—he's got his world going on, and uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if he's making movies anymore. But uh, but you did he's a cover. Doing a lot
2: of performance. He's, he's yeah. doing a lot of you know events.
0: You did a cover of of Female Trouble, right? I did. So, so that must have been a hoot. <laughs>
2: But well, that was a hoot. I mean, um, he asked me that was supposed to be in the, when it was originally um, released for when we originally released that that record. Um, he uh, asked me not to put it on because he was doing something with the song with for divine. So I had to replace that song. And just now on this re-release, we put Female Trouble back on the record because uh, I waited a long time. You know, because he asked me. And he, he loved the record, you know. Obviously, he wrote the uh, the liner notes, but uh, yeah, that was it, that felt great to get that out there. And and um, you know, that's another super wonderful song from a crazy movie. I, I love all of it, you know. <laughs> and he wrote that song. He wrote uh, he wrote Female Trouble.
0: All right. So speaking of female trouble, sort of, you have on your YouTube page your interview with Merv Griffin. And it, oh, boy. It, it's very cringy. How do you hold up? I mean, I, was this typical of, of <laughs> Almost how, disturbing? Yeah.
2: Which one are you, are you talking about me when I have on the gold hat or the one where I'm sitting at, on the stage next to Melvin Belli?
0: Yeah. Was he the, the creepy older guy?
2: Yes. Oh, my God.
0: How do you. Ha- was, was this what it was like back then for you?
2: Well, you how- know, it was uh, that was a, really an odd night because. It was particularly hard for me to watch that because the fighting that was going on backstage before I went on of what I was going to wear, my two producers going, take off the jacket, put on this jacket, put on this shirt, take off this boots, and, and I was trying to do my – I had one eye – that was done. I had my eyeliner done on one eye and they put me in this horrible outfit and I was so uncomfortable. And I just went out and they just shoved me out on the stage like, hi, Merv. You know? oh. And I was just, you know, one eye was not right in, uh, in this outfit. But you know, you just try and, um, take the moment in the audience was laughing. Uh, stuff I said, they thought I was being funny and I wasn't. So, that was great because they were all on my the whole audience. Was, ah! <laughs> and I was like, what did I say? And, uh, yeah. anyway, but they just thought I was hilarious, but I was, I was just trying to, you know, give an interview and I, I never understood what they were
0: laughing you were, about. You were so foreign to the Merv Griffin audience. They, I'm sure that they'd never seen anyone under 30, you know, to, <laughs> on their but show. But they were,
2: they were, I had fans in the audience. They were all, you know, you oh, okay. know, enjoying it and, and everything. And, um, yeah, but that was fun. He had a whole world of TV shows. I mean, he had Dance Fever, yeah. and he had the Rev Griffin Show, and a couple other, you know, ones. He he was he had a whole universe of um, music shows and dance shows. He was an interesting character. You know, he was.
1: <laughs> At different yeah. time though, we're talking about how the men, you know, how the men sitting next to you were just even the manner of speaking back then.
2: Right. You mean like the uh, the, the Melvin Belli? Uh, how he was speaking to me? Yeah,
1: I, I, when when you sat down, they said, you know, oh, you could you can sit here, you know, things that might never fly today, just the right. way so they they reacted to you.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't pay attention to stuff like that generally, but you know, just, uh, it was just a, yeah, just just that was a very odd interview. I I can't say I even remember uh, what I was thinking. <laughs> I
1: had some odd answers too.
0: All right, time to take a break as we continue our talk with Josie Cotton.
1: Today's What Difference Does It Make podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash WDDIM podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It is seriously that easy. Go to Trial com slash w d d i m podcast to get started today. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, anything you might listen to on Audible?
0: Oh, okay. I um, let me type on uh, Audible uh, right now, <laughs> and uh, oh, hey, what look at it? that! Flea's got an autobiography and um, about his when he was uh, known as Mike Balzari. And uh, it's called Acid for the Children. He narrates this.
1: Uh, are you an Audible subscriber?
0: I'm not, but I think it's pretty easy, right? What do I need to do?
1: You need to go to audibletrial.com slash WDDIM podcast. Okay. Welcome back to the "What Difference Doesn't Make" podcast and our interview with Josie Cotton. Did you, you know,
2: like my man. When I was started working with my man, well, Randy Phillips was my manager for years. You know, with the Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, that one.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, so he asked me, well, "How does it feel to be? Uh, he, how does it feel to be uh, a, a, a sex object?" That was like, and I said, uh, "I guess it's better than not being one." Okay. <laughs> I mean, if there was some you know, slippery slopes there, I, did, <laughs> I don't think I would answer it the same way now. But.
0: Did you think about your image or what, like, how do you, how you wanted to present yourself on stage and, and on, you know, on, on your albums and well, videos? You know, that, or was this I, just, I say, this uh, is what Josie was. This is who you are and this is what you want.
2: Well, I, I mean, I had so many different personas, um, and musically and, uh, kind of, uh, Aesthetically, I, I could have gone so many different directions and music it was a lot bigger than just, you know, uh, pop music, uh, girl pop and all that. I didn't quite have the focus that the Payne brothers were able to direct me in into uh, focusing something uh, into something that was part of my history and, and love. But you have to at some point you have to focus uh, what this the sound and the look is going to be you you have to do that or no one can focus on you like if you're like changing into uh, Edith Piaf and then you're like (laughs) Tammy Wynette and then you're like you know Brazil 66 and you just have to just uh, not move for a second and uh, they were able to uh, they were able to focus me in that in that sense they were hugely aware of of image and and it wasn't anything I was uncomfortable with but They were wonderful at it, you know, Bobby and Larson Payne.
0: Did you play the music? Did you do the L.A. music scene?
2: You know, I I had different bands, and the thing is Johnny took off so fast, and then we were immediately recording for that six-month period. So the time that I would have gone and and played, uh, we were just in the studio and then putting the record out, and uh, so I kind of missed a lot of, live playing that i wish i had been in a part of yeah
0: so that must have been hard then when suddenly you have a hit song and you don't have a lot of stage experience what, well uh... no
2: no I, I played in a lot of bands okay. and i i mean i i was on stage when i was three years old in ballet and on production <laughs> set. I mean, my you know i had a whole ballet background with my father was the ballet an instructor and he mm. and he would throw me on stage I would be doing uh you know duets patadas de with these little boys and you know when I was four and five. So I was really comfortable on stage. I loved being and that sounds such an awful thing to say. No, I love at being all. on stage. No, not
1: at all. <laughs> no like, you- <laughs> We want our performers to oh, say yeah. they love being yeah. on stage.
2: <laughs> it just sounds so I don't know but but, uh, I, it was, I could be myself on stage, and, um, and it wasn't always the case off stage. So, that wasn't the pro- problem with me, when was what happened when I went, got off stage, <laughs> basically. So, that, you know, you create a, a world, and, um, and that's a safe place. So, but, uh, so yeah, I, I feel confident as a, as a performer always, no matter, you know, what, what the venue, uh, was. Yeah. And if that answers your question. Yeah. Yes.
1: I was going to ask about the period of time after the 80s, like the the 90s and the the early 2000s. You kind of, I I think I read in an interview somewhere that you had sort of not dropped out. I I think it talked about changing, you know, you changed the spelling of your name for a while, kind of. um, Did you drop out of the music scene?
2: Yeah, I dropped out in the sense that I I knew I didn't want to be in major labels anymore. And I knew I wanted to be the one in control of, of what I was going to do and the music I was going to do. I didn't do well in that. Uh, I, I didn't uh, breed well in captivity. <laughs> like I was, just, I, was uh, I was someone who just, I just was not, you know, uh, going to survive in, in that world. So I knew that I um, wanted to keep doing music. So we started, a, my boyfriend and I uh, started a recording studio. And so we, we, um, we were recording other bands, Gaze X. Uh, he was, uh, you know, my, my partner at that time. And so we, uh, I was, uh, I was writing and we were recording all these very cool bands and, and it was always in our house and I would, you know, make a record. And then, and then the, you know, the idea of of going out and putting it out on a label was just so painful to me. I was just like, Oh, let's just start the next record. (laughs) I was just, so I was just compiling all these recordings and I, um, I had cold feet about the music business. Honestly, mm-hmm. I I would just I just kept making them once in a while. I would put them out, and uh, just because you make a re- it, you make a record, unless it goes out, no one's really heard it. it you mm-hmm. can't just make ret- tapes, you know. You have to, and I would just throw it out there. So now we're we're going back and trying to. Collect on my wayward uh, children and we uh, <laughs> release them because <laughs> there were it was all crazy with people the wrong people were selling them and they were you know there was some mischief going on on the
1: internet. Yeah. When you say get it out there, how were you getting it out there? Well,
2: I, I, we we had a record label and we would put it out there and we would get it in stores and um, and no one knew about it because it, it was just I didn't it was kind of not really wanting to be known. I would just go you know very you no know, my heart wasn't in just being out in the public I just uh, in terms of uh, rec, major record label kind of presence so I did disappear I uh, but I was always doing music and I was always around me I love being around people who who have dreams like that and um, I didn't want to shatter their dreams but I you know I just I just love the music process I love being in a studio and and writing and being in band, I just love all of that. So uh, it was it was always in my house, you know, recording studio. Well, now it's not in my house, but I still have a recording studio. Yeah, uh, Kitten Robot Studios mm-hmm. is uh, we have. It's in Filipino Town, right?
0: Kitten yeah. Robot, perfect. What? Yeah. So what flipped the switch then to say? I mean, you, you've been before this all pandemic happened. You you were playing around a lot. You were on like the, yeah. you know those those shows. What happened to say I? I you know, I want to. I want to play on stage. I want to. I want to present my well, music. Well,
2: I mean, I, I would do. I, I mean, I've been doing it, and then I would just disappear, and I would just. I'd come out, but this last go around, um, it happened because of um, just basically the crew of people I, I have at uh, our label. Um, we just have like the perfect organization of uh, uh, characters. <laughs> I don't know. They're yeah. they're all so such good friends of mine, and so competent. And I trust they all have my back and, and they're sane. Those are some new <laughs> factors I figured in. Like they're sane, what? And they're they have my back? No. And then, yeah, like all this wonderful uh, and just super creative and with backgrounds in the music business. And you know, Bruce Duff is my manager, Paul Rossler is my partner and um, uh, you know in our in this whole uh, you know, our studio and our and our label now. So it's just it, when you have the right people it's just amazing how much how much different it is to be in the world and uh, and have it organized and you know it's wonderful feeling. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it takes a whole lifetime to find your
1: your team, your people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like at the la- I mean, I mean, like at the last minute, I'm finding like <laughs> this uh, wonderful uh, experience, but I, I'm I'm having a great time. People seem really happy. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm back on the radar and and the, and there's. There's such a love for this convertible music record. It's, it's, it's really, it feels wonderful to be putting that out. And it was, I guess, an important record for people in that in that era. So it feels wonderful to, to uh, get the, you know, all the love I'm getting is quite incredible.
1: Deserved. It is a great, it's a great album. Yeah. Great Thank
2: record, you. however we refer to those now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> record That's... albums. Yeah.
0: actually we, we got to you because one your melanie the the keyboard the keyboardist in your band yes. um, we talked with her and she's like oh you have to talk to josie she's amazing i can't believe we never uh, I've, I've never played with her before but we hooked up you know we're, we get along so well oh we so had well. the best
2: time yeah. she i mean what an honor to have her in the band i mean it was you know just amazing shows we we uh, we did in on the east coast and we were supposed to do a tour and New York and uh, all Philly and all that area. And then, you know, the pandemic, but but she, we had the best time. Um, My bass player, uh, Cherish Alexander and Melanie and I were like the, we were, I don't know, we were like Charlie's angels or something. She said, yeah. (laughs) It was so fun to just really, I don't know, it was just a lot of girl energy. It was, uh, just the
1: best time, and uh, she's always welcome in my world. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah. That's so nice. And don't I heard you just said something about at the finding this at the last at the last minute, as if it's late in life. Hopefully, yeah. there's music for years to come.
2: Well, I, I mean, I, if uh, if it's any indication, I'm just writing so many songs now. So that's uh, my favorite thing in the world. So we'll see what how it all turns out. Well, it's not over yet.
0: That's right. Yeah. Okay. You, you posted something on Instagram saying, uh, started a new album. And it's, I follow your Instagram. I'm very religious about you. <laughs> yes. But anyway, you, you said you're starting a new album. It's making, uh, it's very Josie saying the songs are strange. My dreams are stranger. I might be turning into an insect.
2: Yes. What is going
0: on, Josie? Please.
2: <laughs> well,. I don't know. I mean, I've read a lot of Franz Kafka and, uh. Just, oh, say no uh, more. Yeah. So, uh, those are my reference points. You just go up and down and, and, it kind of, uh, I mean, some days don't you feel like, uh, are a little more darker than others? And then some days you pop out and you go, oh, okay. And then you go, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm just on that roller coaster. Uh, so, um, the the creativity is is uh, taking me into another another realm. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just fo- trying to follow and, and not judge it too harshly because it's it's writing itself at this point. So it's
0: a great place to be. Love it. Yeah, it's,
2: it is a good one.
1: <laughs> I think that's what we're all trying to do now, right? Is just accept. You know, every day every day is, you're going to feel a little bit differently, and just <sighs> go with it.
2: Yeah, you become very philosophical Mm -hmm. Uh, at some point. You have to, this is a caveat of always, you know, you're doing like you were saying in the beginning, are you doing good? I'm doing good considering. It's always, there's always that caveat now, like considering. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We get to the place where we can eliminate the considering.
1: We shouldn't feel bad saying if, if we happen to be feeling really great one day, we shouldn't feel funny saying that it's okay, right?
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, convertible music is out now on all streaming yeah. services. Uh, soon, the uh, the vinyl will be out with a with a new song, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, um, so well, that- the
2: digital has the new has the, it's it's not a new song. It was the B side of "Johnny, Are You Queer?" That a lot of people never heard. That D- let's do the blackout. <laughs>
0: let's do. The- <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that sounds very suspicious. for the time. So, yeah. It's of the time. <laughs>
2: Yes, we're all going to blackout. I, I feel yeah. like I want to do
0: the blackout sometimes. Okay, well, then.
1: I think we were there in the '80s.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, well, we survived the '80s, so we were we'll survive this too.
0: We are still here. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on owning your music, getting your children back, yes. and um, it, it's it's great. I, I'm going. I look forward to hearing more and more from you. I encourage Thank everyone you. to follow Josie on her Instagram because it's it's colorful and fun and um just uh
2: will look for you I I remember you know I, I've seen your name I just didn't really realize you know you were this guy
1: <laughs>
2: But so I you
0: can put a name with a face now.
2: Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> It helps.
0: Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Josie. This was a lot of thank fun. Thank you.
2: Anyway, you guys are just great, and um, I, I am. Um, I hope to talk to you again. It was fun. Oh, for sure.
1: Definitely. Thank you so much. It was thank such a pleasure.
0: Look forward to seeing Perfect. you out on the road, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Some, like not, hopefully not running down the road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop for you if we see you. <laughs> Okay,
2: guys. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That was Thank
1: you. Yeah, bye. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. So that's our episode with Josie Cotton. I had a great time. She's amazing. Don't you love her?
1: That was so fun. She is a great guest. She's so interesting and
0: fun. The, the music is bubbly and so is her personality. And uh, she's uh, she's the real deal. I love it. She is. That was, she was everything you could possibly want and more. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did enjoy it, Please give us five stars. Give us great reviews. Tell your friends how you do that, Holly. Or
1: just tell us. You can tweet us at WDDIM Podcast. You can tell us on Instagram at WDDIM Podcast. Or you can comment on Facebook and tell us what you think.
0: We have a nice following on Facebook, so please join us on Facebook. And sign up for our newsletter, WDDIM So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.